fanboyplanet.com welcome to the fanboy planet podcast and uh producing from the undisclosed location of the brett cave looking off into a beautiful sunset i'm rick brett snyder oh that's right your your studio is faces west faces west yes uh mine faces north uh (laughs) all the trees are just black outlines against the orange to blue sky yeah anyway uh so welcome and uh before we get uh too too deep into our topic uh, in this week's podcast do want to say of course that anything we talk about on this podcast if it's something that you can legally purchase for your very own and you cannot find it at your local brick and mortar store especially small businesses we do want to support small businesses you can uh, find it uh, potentially on amazon links on fanboy planet and uh, we are an affiliate which means that uh, any purchases made through an amazon link may result in a bounty or revenue for the fanboy planet podcast slash site whatever you want to say um and not uh as rumor had it at you know a party in san diego so uh we also want to say that uh, we welcome a new podcatcher this week. Is that still the phrase, podcatcher? Is that what the term is? Uh, it's an aggregator, but aggregator. It's, it's, you know, anything that sounds cutesy is what people grab onto. Podcatcher was more fun, and it sounds like it's out of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Anyway, yeah. we're now available on a site called Verbal, V-U-R-B-L. They have an app as well on Google Play and on iTunes. No, what is it? Apple the Apple Store. Store. That's it. Thank you. Uh, I just have an A on my app that tells <laughs> me, and I press that A, and then I get to the, the store. Hester uh, Prynne beware. Yes. And so that uh, right now, they're sort of like uh, you know, my favorite because they requested us, which is nice. And uh, we can also say, uh, you know, we are not a, fi- a particularly political show any more than any other comic book fans are, uh, but we are not this on Spotify. So feeling pretty good. Uh, anyway. I do want to make, uh, oh, I should say also that if you want to join in the conversation or, or write in, notice on the previous podcast episode, we did have have a comment made by a listener uh, and or reader. I believe uh, Chris Buckley does both. Anyway, uh, if uh, you want to join this conversation, you have questions, comments, compliments, criticism, commentary, write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. You can find us on Facebook. That's been a very effective uh, method over the past few days of disseminating news about the site as we've been having a little bit of coding issues we're sorting out. And uh, you can follow us there on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, all at fanboyplanet. So I do have a slight correction from last week. We were talking about digital comics and the subscription services such as uh, DC Universe Infinite and Marvel Unlimited. And 
we, uh, both of us opined that though they will acknowledge that when a book is caught up in a crossover, that you have to kind of get out of reading that title uh, of the individual title to go back and check like where in the continuity, what other books you needed to read that are mentioned. Uh, I'm not asking for the perfect world, by the way, of like when we were kids and the books used to say, you know, there would be an asterisk in somebody's word balloon of the footer would say, you know, you can find out by reading current issues of Iron Man or, or, or whatever. On the uh, newspaper stand now. Oh, man, I loved that as a kid. I, I'm not asking for that. I get how much coding that would that would absolutely require. Uh, but what I was asking was, could you just let me, if you're going to sidetrack me into an event, could I follow the event without having to leap back out? Uh, and I did discover this week in going back and I'm reading the current run of Justice League. I think it's the current run uh, to lead up to the quote-unquote death of the Justice League that's coming with number 75. Uh, and they got to a crossover called the Drowned Earth. And uh, because there was a Drowned Earth, most of it was Justice League-centric. When I got to that point, it actually did automatically jump over to the Justice League Drowned Earth special number one. It didn't get over to the other ones, but at least somebody's making an effort and making sense that even though it's a separate, it was technically a separate title on the stands, it fit in a certain order here. So I'm not saying somebody's listening to us because certainly that didn't just happen last week, but it is clear that there are people aware and, and making an effort. And that's a whole other behind the scenes conversation about diverting the resources to making this the perfect app when I'm not so sure that's really in the company's uh, top top five things they want to get get done. We also want to say that I think in passing I mentioned Substack last week about digital comics, and, and at that time nothing had come out. And then on Monday this week, Substack launched a whole bunch of titles from top creators, uh, top writers Jeff Lemire, Scott Snyder, Grant Morrison, uh, Jonathan Hickman, James Tynan the Fourth, and the list does go on. I couldn't keep track of it all, but we may devote a future episode as we explore Substack uh, to talking about the books that come out of there. At least I will say, Substack is not trying to launch the Substack universe. It's just good creators doing their independent books, and honestly, some of them, I you know, I love them. I, you know, I love the creators. So, and when they're best when they're independent. Although, Rick, I think this may may drive you to them. If I am remembering correctly, Jeff Lemire has a new Black Hammer book oh. that is through Substack. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. So I think that is worth exploring later. But as promised in last week's episode, I want to uh, continue our conversation about adaptations to other media and we, t we spoke a couple of episodes ago about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and this week we're going to talk about the DC Extended Universe, which they briefly tried to call Worlds of DC to in, you know, imply, imply and embrace the multiverse. Uh, but I think most of us all stuck with the DCEU as the, as the acronym, as the concept, concept term for all of this. And... It's good timing because uh, off the air, off recording, you and I have both uh, gushed a bit about Peacemaker and how it has affected our musical playlists yes. uh, in, the past, <laughs> in the past couple of weeks. 
And if this is to be believed, because you never know exactly what the true stats are, it is allegedly the number one show, television show, in the world. And uh, right now, and, you know, until something else comes along, Stranger Things season five will will hit and that will be popular for three days and everybody will have binged it and be <laughs> over. Uh, but so Peacemaker is, which spun out of a film, this is where DCEU gets complicated, right? Peacemaker spun out of a film called The Suicide Squad, uh, written and directed by James Gunn, and that was a quasi-sequel to Suicide Squad. Oh, definitely. A few years ago. Well, definitely and not definitely. I mean, several actors played the same characters that they played in Suicide Squad. I think they're doing the wise thing of... You could think it was the same, but the tone was very different. And I, I will give give it up that well, the, not at all like Batman. Then that the the Suicide Squad was uh, was much more coherent than yes. the previous film Suicide Squad had been. Uh, James Gunn was for one reason was kind of left to his own devices, and I think that's one of the things that my favorite movies out of this modern era of DC films have been is is filmmakers, artists allowed to actually bring their vision. Don't just hire people with vision, allow them to actually use it. And that's clearly paying off with with Peacemaker and the Suicide Squad. You go back to Suicide Squad, which did have, uh, not only does it have Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in all those, uh, sorry, not in Peacemaker, but in the two Suicide Squad films, Ben Affleck appeared in the first one as Batman. There was, I think, even a brief appearance by Jared Leto as yes, Joker. There was. Both of those uh, actors are being written out of that reality, not just because Robert Pattinson is playing Batman. See, I, I know I outlined all this stuff, and it gets very confusing. So let me go down to, let's start with what HBO Max is is doing, because P, and, and we'll get back to CW, which is up on the sales block right now. And has the Arrowverse, but HBO Max is built has a DC hub, which features the animated series, things like Young Justice, the films that come out of Warner Animation, uh, the, the direct-to-video releases. I see that uh, HBO Max would really like me to watch Injustice right now, and I have not had a chance to do that. But but they have uh, Titans, which was on DC Universe, the right. app. Uh, that is a separate Earth. Doom Patrol is a separate Earth, and this is where I'm going to say it, you, you can't not mention Arrowverse because out of Crisis on Infinite Earths, that's where they established that these were actually all separate Earths. Can we? Can we? Instead of saying separate, can we say unconnected or dis- unconnected? Well, yeah, I think uh, somewhere somebody has a list of the numbers. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I yeah, really don't know. No, I, I believe they did. I just didn't. Are go there back still and only fifty-two? I didn't uh, no no the orrery <laughs> split that's in the comics I know uh, but but in Crisis on Infinite Earths the Arrowverse crossover they did number they did say like Titans was I can't remember what you know it was easy when it was letters like you know when everyone in the Shazam family was on Earth S yeah. as a kid I found that very helpful if they were fighting Nazis in the late 20th century, it was Earth X. I was there. I got it. Yeah. You know, uh, so Doom Patrol is on, okay, Earth Doom, if you will. <laughs> Swamp Thing, which I think is still on HBO Max, even though it's, they have not revived it. Though it's I, on the Swamp Earth. I, I suspected they were going to revive it. 
Uh, no. We certainly want them to revive. We it. certainly do, but this is the ten episodes I think are buried in that hub somewhere. Star Girl exists on the CW, but that is clearly the new version of Earth Two, right? Um, partially because I, I don't know how caught up you are, but I think this was season one, so I'm not spoiling anything to say. You know, they did they did acknowledge the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Yes, they did acknowledge that there was a Green Arrow who was different. Though I would love for Stephen Amell to come back on Star Girl as a completely different, fun Seven <laughs> Soldiers of Victory version of, oh, of that- Green. He you would know, probably love to play that character. I would, light. I would love to see that happen. I, I don't know that it is. But anyway, that will show that shows a season on the CW and then I think that's rolling over to HBO Max. My suspicion, however, is once CW sells, then the new owner will not be connected to Warner Brothers, and I think Warner Brothers will fold that back in. As we're already seeing, Superman and Lois, I think, what used to be the, the kind of the Netflix deal, six days after an episode or after a season ends, yeah, then it shows up on HBO Max. Superman and Lois, which I, I made a note, allegedly Earth Prime. If you're caught up there, there's a little complexity but you know we'll we'll pause it for a moment and then they pulled from epics they pulled back in pennyworth uh which is kind of the 60s set kind of jazzy spy version that is an entirely different crazy world it is and 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 my only problem with what i had watched of it was i don't want it to tie into gotham i don't want it to tie into i don't want it to tie into regular history no, because it's its own version. I mean, it's like, to me, it is my my memories of watching the Avengers with Patrick McNee and Diana Rigg, yeah. Steed and Mrs. Peel, is when I was a little kid watching that show, I was like, is that what England is like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is weird. And so I would say the same thing. You watch, you watch Pennyworth. I don't want to be in that reality it's so much but weirder I, than than steven peel though I mean, uh, yeah. but i enjoy watching it yes you know so uh Penguin's over there and there, there's more in development from hbo max there's still uh we had they haven't talked about this in a while but but they were going to develop a an anthology called strange adventures which would have a bunch of different other characters we know that jj abrams is well, again, there's another thing they really haven't talked about in a while. And I think, as we mentioned with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that the pandemic sort of derailed some plans or changed some plans as people became available or stopped being available for things. Uh, but Greg Berlanti was going to be behind Strange Strange Adventures, and uh, he's the guy that really kind of masterminded the Arrowverse. So, you know, he's going to be just fine, and that's why I think Arrowverse shows are going to be fine if there's still an interest in them. Uh, we know, because they've cast them, that they are going. there's a Green Lantern. I don't know if they're going to call it Green Lantern Corps or not, but the way I'm, I'm – everything I'm reading in terms of casting and in, in terms of the rumors that are that are coming out is that it's almost like a Green Lantern anthology with so many Green Lanterns. You know, I'd love to see them just do a, a DC space anthology. Well, I, I think that's like, what Especially Strange with Adventures, the name Strange, you know, get I Adam Strange that, in there. I think that's what Strange Adventures was yeah. meant to be. I don't know. But again, other than the initial announcement – I really haven't read anything since. Now, DC think, has its own version of the Gallery Guardians of the Galaxies and the Omega Men, right? 
I would call that, yeah. And yeah. and we know they're developing a Legion of Superheroes animated series, which I would assume is also set in the future. Despite throw that all in that, yeah. despite on Peacemaker, uh, there is uh, there has been a reference <laughs> to at least one. Uh, and again, I'm just going to note this out for anybody else who feels my pain is that when Matter Eater Lab is mentioned, of course, I say, "Oh, it's Tenzel Kem of Bismol," and I'm not even sure that. And, and of course, my wife looked at me strangely, but accepted it. And, <laughs> and, and I'm not positive that it's because I I loved reading the Legion comics so much, or if it's because you know, for a couple of years in my uh, misspent youth, I, I was organizing and reorganizing my slurpee cups which included a matter eater lad <laughs> cup you know and you had all the, you you had just the basics of every hero um and actually in hindsight i think that that basically the slurpee cups are why i was i was drawn to legion of superheroes because they were such a heavy part of the slurpee collection anyway uh so you know you've got all that on hbo and i i, I put them all as they are separate because at the moment they are now on the CW. But they, they do mention each other, and they do have... But I don't think it's the same. Like, like Doom Patrol actually was in the f- the first season of Titans. Right. And then they made it very clear they were separate. And one reason that they did was, again, very different tone. Um, that when they... Even though it was the same actor, most of the same actors, it was a different actor playing the chief. Yeah. Um, the Doom Patrol series has never mentioned uh, Beast Boy, and never referenced him, and they were much more tightly knit in the Titans episode than they became than they are even now in uh, you know in their own series. So those were separated out. But I guess I'm getting caught up with Doom, Doom Patrol having mentioned the previous iteration of Doom Patrol in the one that was in the. Uh, the time separated old folks home. Yeah, the fifties, the fifties version that was no, Mento not, and uh, the the one that was uh, John Byrne. Um, yeah, but yeah. Mento was part of it. Yes, uh, so he had been part of the original Doom Patrol. Yes. Right, they're in their own wacky world, and that's and that's they're okay. in a although, separate separate Earth. Although, again, Cyborg on there has mentioned having been part of the Justice League. Yeah, and then he knows them, so it's not all the same. Just as in Titans. You've got Ian Glenn playing Bruce Wayne, uh, so an older Batman. Uh, they reference all the senior members, you know, mm-hmm. the, their mentors, though only, I think at this point, only Ian Glenn has appeared as Bruce Wayne, not as Batman. Oh, I think in Silhouette, we've seen him in Batman as Batman, uh, which is going to be different than the three different live action Batmans that are, that are going to be appearing on screen within the next two years. Uh, so, <laughs> cause there we go. Uh, we've got the Batman that opens at the end of March that will, uh, that's with Robert Pattinson. That's Matt, Matt Reeves, uh, trilogy, uh, first of a trilogy, uh, or a planned trilogy cause everything must be a trilogy. Um, it will spin off into two series on HBO max, one dealing with Gotham Central. Um, I hope it will borrow very heavily from the Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker comics of however many years ago that was, because they were pretty cool. Um, and Colin Farrell will be spinning off into a a series focusing on the underworld of Gotham, which will at this point is being called Cobblepot. 
And uh, so because you got to separate out from the fact that Oswald Cobblepot was a main figure in Gotham, not yeah. to be confused with Gotham Central, Gotham that was on Fox. I don't even know where that's streaming now. Is that uh, I don't know if that's on HBO Max. And not that I think about about half of that's not really um, worth watching. You can skip a couple seasons and come back. The in parts and, that are worth watching are really good, though. No, absolutely. The last season of that, when they yeah. did uh, No Man's Land, basically, yeah. and then really finally committed to a Joker, tremendous. And the Cobblepot characterization and the the character development of that was probably no, one of the high points. Was, was great. Yeah. yeah. So. There's so much happening over there, out on the out on the edge in in um, not public television but free television, uh, the Arrowverse on the CW. They just announced that Grant Gustin has signed for a ninth season of The Flash. There will be fewer episodes, so I think they're going to phase The Flash out the uh, way they did with Arrow. It's it about back. time. It's about time. I, I honestly I haven't watched it since Crisis on Infinite Earths. I, I'm not even sure if Legends of Tomorrow even pretends that they are connected to the rest of it. Um, uh, no, and and Batwoman and Supergirl ended. Batwoman actually is weird on the connections. Obviously, in in her Gotham, Bruce has disappeared, mm-hmm. which almost feels like they're trying to do a connection to the Dark Knight Rises. You know, where well, Bruce the, the, went on the vacation. Dark returns? Uh, you I mean the comic was, or the or the film? The film. Okay. The rises was the last one. He he goes off on vacation at the end of it, right? Right. We yeah. well, he died. <coughs> yeah. yeah, quote he, unquote. <coughs> the, the petite, the petite. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, sh- oh, you, you pig, cochon. Anyway, uh, yes. And then they've just launched Naomi because they they got they ended Black Lightning. Though apparently he came back on the episode of Flash this year. Uh-huh. Um, so they have Naomi, which they just launched, which has crossover elements are you caught up i am one episode behind okay i I don't think it's gonna be a major spoiler because it began by saying she's a superman fan but of the comics and then there's this issue of is he real yeah and considering that her father her adopted father has also is also part of the military and the military the department of defense the dod is on Superman and Lois with, you know, they allied with Superman to have a military uh, black ops leader basically say, we think we've got to investigate this Superman thing. There may be aliens. I'm like, okay, they're, yeah. I don't think they're quite on the same earth, which if you've read the original six issue miniseries from uh, Bendis and Jamal Campbell and, uh, uh, and David Walker, that, uh, it's kind of a clever tie-in because it's definitely it was a launch of, of Brian Michael Bendis's curated Wonder Comics, which mm-hmm. brought back the multiverse in a big way at a time that DC wasn't really talking about it directly in other things. With Although I'm Young sure Young Justice it, then or Young Justice was part of it. Yeah, uh, Wonder Twins. Uh, yeah. Those were the three main books, I think. Oh, Amethyst spun out of it as right. well. Right. So, you know, the, he was playing with that idea. So I think the TV series is is finding uh, an interesting new way to go at it in a in a genre, or, or if you want to call the Arrowverse a genre of itself, which has already made it clear there are multiple Earths. I mean, Flash is constantly, right? You've got... Uh, on, yeah, it's only started at all. 
Right. And, and, and you do have uh, Jay Garrick uh, has appeared in Stargirl, played by the same actor playing yeah. Jay Garrick on on The Flash. So, you know, it's the revised Earth 2, which on The Flash originally was Earth 3. It's so confusing. So just let me say separate Earths, all right? Um, but, but don't even get into uh, Adam and uh, Superman. Yeah. And, and, and and there is a scene, right, uh, there is a scene in uh, Naomi where a character is standing. I guess it's got to be outside of a comic shop, but there are a lot of tattered posters for DC books that are currently on the stand, you know. Uh, so it's, it's clear that they exist in a, in a world where – these characters are from another uh, another reality. You know, they're the ones that like like DC Comics used to be. I mean, remember when the Flash of Two Worlds happened in comics? It w- or, or actually the Flash's origin, right? He was in in Showcase number six. He was uh, or number four. I don't. I, I'm always gonna. I always get it wrong. It's 1954 Showcase number six. He was uh, reading Flash comics from the 40s. And Barry Allen was initially established as being a fan of the comics with Jay Garrick, of the Flash of what became Earth Two. So, you know, I, they're playing around with it on the Arrowverse. I, I, I kind of dig that. Um, what complicates things for people that are going to even follow just between HBO Max and and cinema, if you will, is we've still got the Flash. Uh, a different Flash, not Grant Gustin, but Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, who also appeared in Crisis on Infinite Earths on the Arrowverse yes. Yes. in a scene. Brilliant, wonderful secret. And again, here, here, I, I am all for not being told the truth by uh, ahead of time. I don't. I, I want to be surprised. I, I, I want there to be a shocker. Um, I, I Andrew Garfield is like my favorite human being in the world right now for having lied for so long. Yes. <laughs> About not being in in no way home. So um, the Flash for a while has been had been rumored that they were trying to to pull in Flashpoint because Justice League had tanked for many reasons. Uh, you know there are people that want the Snyderverse back. I I I, I don't think I, I think the moment has passed for that. Even though the same actors are being involved, you've got Gal Gadot. As Wonder Woman in, in Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman 1984, and whatever the third film will be, and there will be a third film, but they're sliding in and out of different realities. It's almost like hyper time, and if you're a comics fan, you know what that is. You know any yep. story you want to believe is canon for you. You enjoyed it, fine. It happened. Uh, you know, flip side, we've talked about this before. DC Comics right now. You can walk into a shop and you find so many graphic novels that are completely unconnected from any others. I last week I did, mean I heard, outside of DC and Marvel. Uh, well, no, I, I mean I think in DC. Okay, if you get because they have a, a line for young adult readers. So, yes. yes. So there are all there's a there's a, a Green Lantern. Uh, there are at least two graphic novels with the Green Lantern who has never appeared anywhere else. But it's with the main characters just appearing in stories that make no reference to or right. attempt a connection. And right. they do that in their prose novels, too. Yeah. And honestly, if you're trying to attract a new readership, the complication – I mean, I had a follow-up, uh, just a brief you know, chat after we, we talked with David Avalone, um, you know, with, the, with his – he's working on The Night Stalker. And 
he let us know that he was doing a Red Sonia book. And he said what he really loved about doing Red Sonia was that Dynamite did not ask him to know what had happened with any other Red Sonia story. He could just tell the story he wanted to tell. Mm. And so, you know, that's what DC, I think, has been doing. And just, I, I suspect in ways I, I have seen Marvel is pushing in, you know, definitely um, infinite, uh, the infinite comics are some of them are like their own own reality. And anything involving Jeff, the land shark is, is definitely existing in its own cutesy world. And I'm all here for it because it's great. Um, but but what what they're doing and I'm going to ask you if you can think too, like this is the chicken or the egg question. Obviously, we've had many actors playing certain characters. Batman obviously comes to mind. You have Adam West. You have Michael Keaton. You have within four Batman films that sort of exist in the same universe. Uh, started by Tim Burton. You had Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. Uh, many of them, including Michael Keaton, will argue those those third and fourth ones films are not uh, from there. You uh, you had Christian Bale. We got Ben Affleck. We're going to have Robert Pattinson in about two months. Uh, well, I guess maybe it's the beginning of March. It's uh, it, it's Moon Knight that shows up on Disney Plus at the end of March. Um, so we have that many. To complicate things, this Flash Flashpoint thing featuring Ezra Miller, who was in Justice League, who also I think appeared briefly in a scene in Batman v Superman, I, it, they're going to make it more fun. Both Ben Affleck and Michael Keaton will be appearing as Batman and as different Batman. And, you know, they're going to, the rumor is they're going to streamline this. So there's going to be one through line in which Michael Keaton never stopped being Batman. And sure. that's the one that will then go into what is currently scheduled to be an HBO Max film, uh, Batgirl which will also feature J.K. Simmons as Barbara Gordon's father, Commissioner James Gordon, right? a role he played in Batman v. Superman and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So it's all kind of merging together, right? Um, and uh, so there's a through line there that's going to run parallel to, at the same time, you'll have that Gotham Central Cobblepot and The Batman run with Robert Pattinson. It's So my question... And I, I don't know that I, I know exactly who started because I always want to give DC the credit um, in this case is where did we cinematically uh, get the concept that the same person, alternate versions of people didn't necessarily look the same at all. So, I'm just trying to remember. So, you know, we've got uh, we've got Grant Gustin and we've got Ezra Miller, two flashes. It looks right. like in the trailer that they released uh, at, at DC uh, Fandom that most people ignored happened because they were also excited about the, the Batman, uh, that Ezra Miller will run into another version of Ezra Miller. So there'll be two flashes in that as well. Uh-huh. And... But it's clear that Grant Gustin and Ezra Miller coexist because they have met each other. Right. They do acknowledge that they're Barry, right. they're both Barry Allen, but they do not look anything alike. The right. same thing would be if you 
if in two years we essentially have three different actors who have encountered each other as Batman, Michael Keaton, much older, but that's okay, because in comics, or the Earth 2 Bruce Wayne was much older, obviously, than the Earth 1 Bruce Wayne. But they still kind of looked alike. One was just older than the other. So you have Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, and Robert Pattinson. I I, I don't even know where uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker is supposed to fit in there, and I don't want him to. You know, so, I, I, I know where you're going, and I'm just, I'm just thinking about this from a slightly different way. And that is that the the concept in comics may just come down to the fact that these characters are in fact such ideals. They are such they are such firm, at least in the 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 audience, the zeitgeist of the audience, that this character must exist, regardless of how he comes to be. To the extent where um like you talk about a movie that has Michael Keaton's Batman and Ben, and ben Affleck and, um, you know, that those three, but I would go ahead and, you know, the, 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 the success that Spider-Man had with bringing all three of those characters together. Well, but here's what I'm going to say. So that's the question I'm seeing chatter online. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse definitely did that because there was Peter right, Parker, right. Peter B. Parker. So right. they had two different Peter Parkers that did not look alike. And yes, right. you're right. I mean, no way home. You can't not talk about that where you have – they didn't acknowledge that you, you have two different versions of Kurt Connors. You have right. Reese Evans and you had um, Dylan Baker who never got to play the lizard but was definitely set up to be the lizard. And we've had uh, two different Harry Osborns. They did not introduce any Osborn, uh, Norman or Harry, into the Tom Holland right. verse. But that, but we've had two Eddie Brocks, and these three actors meet each other, and they do not look anything alike, and they do not look like the Peter Parkers that were in Into the Spider verse. And they're slightly different. You know, the, the whole thing yeah. about the web shooters versus the biological web shooter. That, oh, yeah. And, 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 and so, the joke about, and so yeah, does it question, come out of anywhere else? Yeah. yeah so my question is, I, I just don't remember if the Arrowverse kind of established it because they really, if you remember back to, um, to the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, so three years ago, yeah, that they met a Jim Corrigan and they didn't have the same Jim Corrigan who had been on the Constantine show. Yeah. And John Constantine looked at him and said, oh, you're Jim Corrigan, but you're not the one I know. Right. And so, so it's, it's the acceptance of this, of the reason why we, we'd never seen this Jim Corrigan before, right? And that's what made it made it kind we, of beautiful. And we never got to see him be the Spectre either. That was what was right. funny. They brought a new actor in to just go. But and like now, what I'd love to see them do when they have all the Batman, I'd like to see bring in Ian Glenn as the Bruce Wayne from Batman Beyond. Uh, I also failed to mention that in Crisis on Infinite Earths, they brought in Kevin Conroy as an evil yes Bruce Wayne who looked a lot like the Bruce Wayne from Kingdom Come. Because he had to wear uh, a body frame and exoskeleton, right, right, right. But yeah. just uh, do something like that because the idea that we're just we're just reusing actors is one thing. But if we're int- if we're actually introducing the character to a new generation, and you know, I'd love to see a Batman Beyond series. I would know? too. I just think it's funny. You know, Ian Glenn is younger than Michael Keaton, so <laughs> no, but he has the stature that Bruce Wayne has in Batman Beyond. 
And, and and I'll be honest, I wait. You know, I thought when they cast him on Titans, I was like, well, that's an interesting choice, kind of weird, but all right. And then I think, no, he's a great he's Bruce perfect. Wayne. He is a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I'm I'm behind on this season of Titans, but I that that's not why. It's just time. Um, you know, and, and that, that if anybody could see my notes, and they cannot, but if you could, I mean, the sheer, I, the sheer overwhelming. Oh my God, how many of these shows? When I was a kid, <laughs> <laughs> it was you saw reruns of Adam West as Batman, you saw George Reeves as Superman. If you were lucky, if you got a UHF channel that showed them, and uh, and you had Super Friends on Saturday morning. Once a week, and and Super Friends, by the way, was the same thirteen episodes for like three years, and and I look at this and go like, you and I are going darn, and not just because Derek Mears was perfect and but is a friend, it's like darn, I wish there was more Swamp Thing, and then there's part of me that thinks, would I have time to watch it? <laughs> you know, because there's there's just so much, and I do want to also argue, and with this, I want to redeem an old series. Uh, not that old, but five years old, maybe six episodes, maybe eight of a sitcom set in the DC universe called powerless. Oh yeah. And, and I think with, with how goofy peacemaker has been in its references, not, I don't think the series is goofy. That's what's amazing that it can, it can touch. It's goofy characters in a very straight straight up world and last week i reviewed the one shot that they released a new origin and that's black label so i was going to say in its own universe too that peacemaker is not fun it was a good book but it was not fun the way the series is because it's black label it does not have to actually tie in to any other book although i think peacemaker is currently on on suicide squad in the comics as well um you know so I mean that's it. You can you can take a taste however you wish in the DC extended universe, whereas every movie that comes out of the Marvel uh, cinematic universe, and I, to me this is not a problem. I'm there for every, all of it because at least they're not overloading me. I look at this DC list and I'm like there are like eight or nine properties I could be watching right now all at once and it all be new to me, whereas I they've luckily at least paced out Marvel for me, um, right. You know, it is but people ask me that, like, you know, if I were to watch Hawkeye, what do I need? That I get that email all the time from yeah. friends. What do I need to watch to enjoy Hawkeye? What do I need to watch before I I watch WandaVision? Which is the only one that I would argue, yeah, you probably need to watch the Avengers movies before you go into WandaVision. I would say Loki too, actually. But not to enjoy WandaVision, but Loki. No, no, yes, but for Loki, to, you have to watch have, the Avengers movie. Have, have a sense of it, yeah. I, I don't think you necessarily need to watch Thor, but no. it helps. Uh, yeah. You know, Ragnarok, at least, because it's fun. Um, it is the most fun of there. But whereas DC, you can just go in there. And we're going to go into the cinematic. When I said that, like, Batgirl is currently still HBO Max, another project that had been announced for HBO Max but was now promoted, if you want to call it that. I mean, who knows, really, if that's a promotion or if everything's just going to collapse into the streaming services as we're trying to figure out in the wake of the pandemic, you know, the wake, like it's over, you know, what is going to get movies to people back into theaters? Blue Beetle was being adapted to live action, and it was promoted to being a theatrical release. Uh, they haven't even. I don't, I don't think they've. I think they just started 
filming. Maybe I saw a thing last week or two weeks ago that they just started filming, and it's featuring. Uh, I can't uh, I can't think of his name, but starring uh, the guy that is uh, Miguel in uh, Cobra Kai. And uh, so great casting, great character. I've been arguing for years that Blue Beetle, it, you know, the new version, the, the Jaime Reyes version of Blue Beetle, not Ted Cord, uh, just is perfect for kids. I mean, and let's not forget they're they're making all these you know because they hope to sell a t-shirt they hope to sell an action figure line and yeah. and blue beetle is like he looks like a power ranger and kids love power rangers <laughs> but he's a dc power ranger so for gosh sakes why is it taking him this long and in the meantime of course we also have black adam which is introducing not only dwayne johnson as black adam teth adam however you know the hero of conduct uh, the anti-hero, but they'll also be introducing a version of the Justice Society uh, featuring Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate, which I it, it both is and isn't perfect casting. Uh, as, as Kent Nelson, uh, you'll have a Hawkman uh, as opposed to the to a Hawkman, who a Thanagarian warrior who is appearing on Naomi. Yeah. Uh, you know, how that's all going to tie in, who knows? And we've got Shazam. I don't think they're actually calling it Shazam 2, but Shazam Fury of the Gods, which will, we hope at some point, Zachary Levi's Shazam, although currently nameless in the in the, the first film as a hero, uh, will meet Black Adam. Uh, I know that's what's a, that was intended once upon a time, and, and we'll, we'll see how, how that is. Because the, the complication there is that Shazam is actually produced by New Line, a subsidiary of Warner. So I'm not even sure if it really counts officially as a DC film, but there was an appearance by Superman yeah. in it. Well, Though it was not Henry Cavill, because Henry Cavill was uh, busy elsewhere uh, shaving his mustache. And yes. uh, so it was a stuntman, so they only shot him from the neck down. Yes. Uh, great, great, great cameo. Yeah. A cameo without the portrait. <laughs> You know, I don't know if that was a warning to Henry Cavill. Like, we don't actually need your face. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, and and I, and I do want to say, I, I got nothing against Henry Cavill in the role. I don't think he's been allowed to play it, uh, play Superman the way he wants to play it as a fan and the way we want to play it. You know, I, I, that we, or rather, we want to play it, that we would want to have it played. You know, um, I think if you watch Superman and Lois, I don't think that the actor looks like Superman, I'm very uh, clearly he himself has like a five o'clock shadow yes, all the time, all the time. And I, and that's one of those where you go, really, I can buy that. Maybe the glass is changing, but isn't it weird that Superman and Clark can't always have the same five o'clock shadow? Uh, you know, but in all other ways, I, you know, that show gets yes. who I think Clark Kent and Superman are. My only, uh, you know, complaint beyond the five o'clock shadow is that, they showed a version of the costume which is right, and then they don't use it. They they went to the more modern. I want the mm. red trunks back, but you know, I, I would say if you don't believe me, uh, it, I know you do. But to anybody, you can find it online. Literally, the first five minutes of uh, right. Superman and Lois. If you want to know why anybody loves 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 Superman, that five minutes is it. 
telling the origin in the same way that if by the way just because there was an absolute edition that just came out last week right um all-star superman is available you know in comic shops right now and that is one of the absolute best 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 superman stories you could i think you'll be proud of me that i've held off on buying that one um but i don't know how long i'm gonna last Uh, give in Give in. Uh, and the reason I think it'll say, be my seventh collection of that book. Okay, well, see, here's the thing. Like, I have the original issues. I have no idea where they are. Yeah. And I've never bought any other collections. So last week I'm like, no, I want this on my shelf. Yeah. And so I bought the Absolute Edition from uh, from Earth 2. So uh, don't tell my wife. Uh, no, she doesn't care. But, uh, but you know, I, I finally gave in because it was all, like all these years going like, this is the greatest series ever, uh, the greatest story. I mean, there are other great ones as well. I got to call out Mark Wade's birthright at all times. I even think there's something interesting with, even though I, I, I don't I have a personal antipathy for who I, what I know about the writer, Max Landis, um, I do think American Alien is a great is a great re-envisioning of what would happen if Superman landed today, and you know, I, and yeah. again, when I say that, all those stories are different versions of Superman, Superman that I love, different universes, and that's why I think this approach works for the DC Extended Universe. Mm-hmm. You can pick and choose who you like, what you like. If you found a good actor uh, to play Wonder Woman for a TV series, I'd be there. Just make it a good series. That's the thing, you know, is that we have been burned by many. There was a Wonder Woman pilot before Justice League um, starring who ended up playing, well, I don't think they ever called her Mockingbird, Adrian Palicki, right, yeah. uh, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And uh, so she was Wonder Woman in a pilot for David E. Kelly. And by every account I've heard, that show does not work, even though she would have been a great, I think would have been a great actor and that's in the role. So that's the problem. There's also, I think on YouTube, you can find a 1960s campy version of, of, of wonder woman. There was a five minute test film, uh, which is not good. Um, but it was cause it was kind of in the vein of, of, of Batman and what worked for Batman. Uh, doesn't there, can I take a side when we're talking about the Batman? We've certainly seen a lot in the last two weeks. Have you, if you've seen posters and, and stills and a couple of new clips have been released and I'm not watching the clips. I'm just looking at the posters and thinking, I cannot stand the design of the Riddler. I can't, uh, have you seen a design? Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've seen, like, a couple of shots where I kind of get a hint as to what he's supposed to look like. Well, he's, like, wearing a trench coat and a mask, and he looks like the Zodiac Killer with a question he, mark. He, he reminded me of the Sandman, not the, uh, you know. Well, and the thing, I, I guess, or what I get Scarecrow to or, is, yeah, if, if you told me that was the Scarecrow, uh, maybe. But, you know, the thing about about at least... Tim Burton's Batman, even though Joel Schumacher kind of diluted this um, and went maybe too far the other way because it was definitely in the neon district of Gotham most of the time. Yeah. By the time you got to Batman and Robin, but but the Joker looked like the Joker. The Penguin, even though it was very different than any version that had appeared in the comics, right. Danny DeVito was a was a unique. He was a could, ghastly penguin. Could only exist. Yeah. In movies, in the world of Batman. And I find myself unexcited. I can't believe this because I like Matt Reeves as a writer and a director. But I'm I'm just, 
I'll see the Batman. Yeah. I just don't feel this excitement because in your effort to make it all um, gritty and realistic, and this was ultimately the failure of Christopher Nolan, you mentioned The Dark Knight Rises, and The Dark Knight Rises is my least favorite out of those. Um, The Dark Knight works because you had Heath Ledger as a very memorable take on the Joker. Yes. And at least it embraced that the Joker's effing weird. And the Riddler is like, I don't want to see these villains as people that I could potentially run into. I live in LA now. (laughs) I could run into those people. You know, uh, my, my wife and I were talking about this of like what I love. The corner of Pico and Sepulveda. I will tie this back into Peacemaker is that, you know, you and I have discovered that we absolutely love like Wigwam, this band. And, and and then we, I was not the, the anti-metal person. I, I definitely went through a weird, it's not weird that I went through a, that I enjoy metal. It's that I, you know, it's like I did not fit in the metal scene. I certainly never embraced it as a fashion, but I, I have long loved that arrow. You know, if you count Aerosmith, if you count, uh, right, you do, yeah. you know, uh, Alice Motley Cooper, Crew. I, I, I freaking love Alice Cooper and, yeah. and, and always have. And, 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 but when you live in LA and you see it, like I realize I see guys in their sixties that it's like in in my neighborhood and go, are they, are they somebody from a heavy metal band or are they still just living the dream because they've got the long hair and the black leather and, and it makes sense in the winter. Um, you know, that I, I am seeing that, that kind of thing. I'm finally, finally in there. I said because actually my last uh, the apartment we moved out of in our apartment building um, the drummer for Quiet Riot moved in during the pandemic and did not look anything like the drummer for P- P- Quiet Riot but that was who he was and you know so it, it, it's I, yeah I, that's what I mean is I don't want to see just a little bit off the beaten path in a superhero movie right. I want to see that embrace which you know I think Marvel's starting to do but what I absolutely love about peacemaker james gunn is every single one of those characters that is has a comic book analog looks like their comic book analog the fact that they embraced how absolutely goofy peacemaker's costume looks yes and and that even though we haven't seen robert patrick wearing it if if they put robert patrick in that white dragon armor that's going to be terrifying yes but also, it's in a comic book, you know? I mean, let's not pretend that it's not. So, I, I Yeah, think- well, you know, in in defense, because I'm really wanting to give, you know, I was one of those people who went, Robert Pattinson, when they originally oh, no, announced it. Oh, no, I think it. he's going to be great. And- I'm, I'm hoping that movie is just a real firm, slow burn building kind of thing. And that that if that's the case don't give me the trailer that isn't the movie you know give me the trailer that is the movie yeah you know, don't have a bunch of scenes that don't make it into the movie give me give me uh give me an adult uh you know strong story you know put you know batman uh you know batman is the, the liam neeson of uh superheroes right and and just uh give me give me a firm uh you know, I, that that was the thing about the um, the Gotham uh, villains all felt real, uh, but they to, still were colorful. The Riddler looked like the Riddler. 
right. you know, you know uh, eventually. Um, yeah, you know. he didn't. He didn't so much. the The first part, he did just feel like a serial killer. No, I mean, the thing is, you know, they evolved. And in a television series, you have the time to evolve it. Right. I did not necessarily have the patience. Uh, All but, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just that's my yeah. hope. Yeah, no, no, I, I know. It's like you know, to, if if I can call back to moment, what we what started all of this for us in, in two, across two episodes was you know the Moon Knight trailer and and I remember Carr on a Car cast years ago saying you know the question always is like which version do you use because I'll I'll go back to Spider Man No Way Home the other thing about those three different actors is they all play a different version of peter parker that was valid to different eras of the comics you know like andrew garfield because now he's having a renaissance everybody loves andrew garfield as 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 the amazing spider-man despite the fact that everybody complained about it at the time you know andrew garfield got that that what toby mcguire didn't or was scripted to be you know he was the wisecracking spider-man he was still, the, you know, he was the teen, but he clearly looked too old. Whereas Tom Holland, uh, both wisecracks and we finally saw the high school, you know, Peter Parker. You never believed that, uh, oh, I never believed that Tobey Maguire was the high school Peter Parker. And they very quickly accelerated that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. they said, okay, he's uh, post-collegiate or, you know, still maybe he dropped out of college for whatever reason. You know, so yeah. um, you which version do you get to see? Like you know, you and I were talking about Moon Knight being the version that when he started in comics, he really wasn't supernatural, though he was fighting a, a, a werewolf. In the most recent runs, though, he's become much more supernatural. Right. And so... And psychotic. And psychotic, yes. And there, that's the superpower, is the, is the, is the split. The dis- dissociative identity disorder. Right. Who knows what will come off on comics, you know, um, or on TV, just as, you know, we really haven't had a chance to see Mark Ruffalo's, we've seen Hulk, but I've never felt that that, that cinematic Hulk, or or I'll go back to Lou Ferrigno's TV Hulk, you know, that worked for TV, they were not, they're not any version of the Hulk that made me really, really want to read Hulk comics, like Immortal Hulk, or the Pantheon when Peter David wrote them, or even Planet Hulk. Even though they definitely took things from Planet Hulk in in Thor Ragnarok, it wasn't. It still wasn't the one I you know I read and that I loved. So, you know, there it is. They're all going to be completely different from the comics, and I think that brings us around. Uh, I still want to see. Uh, if I leave you with just one thought, it is that I want Alan Tudyk to show up in Peacemaker as Bruce Wayne's cousin van wayne from <laughs> powerless okay and because we know tom galloway tom galloway did prove to me at the time of powerless that van wayne was actually a canon character because sometimes in the comics bruce wayne does have living relatives so uh that's that's where i want to <laughs> end it this is all about alan tudyk people that's what I want. Alan Tudyk on Peacemaker. Let's make it a hashtag. Let's make it a thing. And uh, if you, with your kind permission, Mr. Producer, I'm going to wrap this up here. Hope this has been an interesting conversation. Well, it is for us. We certainly enjoy this every week. But I pr- appreciate that, you're, that you as the listeners are, are joining us. And if you would like to 
be part of the conversation. I know it's it's a little after the fact at the moment, but you know, you write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or comment on Twitter or on Instagram. And there we go. And of course, uh, well, I, I think that's all I'm going to say. Other than, I, you know, we did talk about some books. So, of course, you can use those Amazon links if you cannot find those books in your local brick, brick and mortar store or cannot get to a local brick and mortar store. I understand that's still an issue for people. And I, 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 I absolutely understand it. So, thank you. And uh, I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to. Use your powers for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreat.com. Luke, L-U-K-E-S-K-I dot com.